1: But the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! The moment no.
0: listening to Canucks Conversations. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
1: Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of them in in balance. We right? Wow. Really? We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. One out high Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores!
0: Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic and delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. At Zephyr Epic, you can use our promo code Season capital H, capital S, all one word for $5 off your order, free shipping. Anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. We just renewed with Zephyr Epic for six more months. We are very excited to be working with them. Once again, go check out their store in Surrey. Go check them out on all platforms. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, epic.com. And for DoorDash, convo dd. That's the promo code that you're going to want to use. All first-time users of the app, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, convo dd. 25% off your first order. And free delivery. It does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli, Back from vacation a little bit early, and I am joined as always. Feels good to be back in the studio. I think we were talking about this on the way to the studio. Joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. We were talking on the way here, Chris. That was probably the longest we've gone without seeing each other in like a long time.
1: Yeah, I went to the island. I feel like we, we talked about. That. I went to the island. I feel like I didn't. And when I went to the island, we didn't text either. How, how long? How long ago were you on the island? I don't know, maybe a month, not even. Wow, time flies. But you also didn't have your phone all throughout the day while you are camping. Yes. So we didn't camping. for your... It wasn't
0: camping. I was, yeah, uh, I I was in a I kept
1: telling people it was camping. You're in a cabin. No, and... no I've Me never. And Cam talked about this. He said there's no way Quad's his first time camping. He's going out underneath under the stars. He's going into a cabin, yeah. running water. Yeah. No, no, no. I did not go camping. I still want to go camping. I've
0: never been camping, and I would love to go camping, but no. Go camping,
1: you gotta catch a fish, gut the fish. Yeah, there's well you've obviously never have you caught a fish before? Yeah. Okay, so I was on a
0: houseboat once. I was fourteen at the time. We were with another family, and we went to like I can't remember what lake we were on. I think Shushwap. Was the lake. Shoe they have swamp? houseboats out yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. So we rented a houseboat. We you know, were there. funny?
1: That's what I kept calling Sechelt, <laughs> when where you were at. Oh, really? That's how because I, I was like, I know it's spelled like Sechelt or something. And I kept calling it Shushwap because I was like, <laughs> I know it's a word that doesn't look like it sounds at all. So I kept saying <laughs> Shushwap. And I'm like, no, it's Seashell. So I was Sechelt. Yes.
0: Okay. Still you, don't. You know You just that straight
1: one. up said seashell. I forget it every two weeks because <laughs> someone reminds me, and I and I still screwed up. Anyway, your so fish.
0: We go to this like store that they have on the water, and we bought some. What do they? call It's not yarn. What is it? Like
1: like line, line? fishing line. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: Yarn. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's more a great start more to of a <laughs> fishing
1: story. Is <laughs> was, is it yarn?
0: I'm more of a knitter than a fisher. Yeah. Apparently. Um. Actually, I'm horrible at knitting. But anyway. Um. Yeah. Bought some line, uh, and then we bought a hook. And then we didn't have bait and we didn't buy bait. So we put vector cereal and we just threw it on the, like at the top of the water. And then Mm -hmm. we threw the line in with a piece of tofu on the hook. And then we just threw it in. We got a fish like that. That's how I caught a fish. I didn't have a rod. I was just holding the line and then I just pulled it up and it was a, it was a little rainbow trout. And then we, we cooked it on a fire. I didn't eat it. I don't like fish, but everybody else ate it and said it was good. Wow. So yes, I've caught a fish, but
1: not with a fishing rod. You've no, I rod caught,
0: caught it. In, I caught it by hand with these bare hands. Wow, goddamn! With
1: these bare hands, Chris. L- look at you go! You're camping in the woods. You're catching fish with bare hands. I that's one thing. I, I think I've talked about this on a Patreon before. Like I, when I lived on the island, we fished a lot. You know, I had a little lake boat. We all we were fishing every weekend for sure, or you like, like multiple times a week. And I haven't done it since I moved from the island. Yeah. So like, oh, I like I need to find like a nice little spot where like there's a long dock that goes off and just cast out and go catch some fish because it's it's like the most relaxing thing out there man like you don't look at your phone for a few hours which is so great you sit out there you breathe in some fresh air you're not hiking and sweating your yep. ass off like yep. all that stuff that i hate you're just sitting there maybe drinking some beers you know eating some pepperoni and just fishing it's like it's the best man i miss fishing so much
0: you know what i'm dead set on doing is going down I want to get like a old Chevy Vendura or you know, the, you know those vans that people like live in, like surfer dudes live in,
1: yeah, like the Volkswagen. Thing. Yeah, yeah, sure,
0: yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't surf because I can't really swim, but I really want to learn how to surf. And then what I want to do, I want to get one of those vans and just drive down the coast. It's a twenty four hour drive to San Diego. I want to go down, watch a Padres game, want to watch an Angels game. Just hit all of those, all of those California teams. Like go go in the middle of the summer. Watch some baseball, like that's what I want to do. I don't want to take my van there. I don't want to have to get hotels. Don't have to go through all that. I want to take a van there. So that's that's what I'm dead set on doing. Maybe not next summer. Maybe that's down the line a little bit. But that's what I'm dead set on doing. And I want to go fishing as well.
1: How long is your hair going to be when you do this? Very long. I. Yeah, you got to live that life. People, I I look. I'm just saying, like people haven't seen it in a while what i just did when we posted the video i told you i said you could you're like how's my hair <laughs> that uh, when we finished recording I, we watched back the video i said your hair is flopping around when you spin your head around from the yeah. computer and back yeah it's getting a little a little crazy here yeah it is you start wearing a headband you, you i already seen wear you with a headband. i think yeah. yeah i
0: wear headbands more often than not because if i don't my hair's in my face
1: right that's true ba- yeah
0: do you I, ever put product in there nope. nope would you all natural uh you know what i do like Sometimes when I really, really need to stay still, but most times I'm wearing a hat. Right, right. like I'm either wearing a hat or a headband. Um, but you know, if I go to like a, a dinner, like a formal dinner or something, I'm not going to show up in a Padres hat or a you know my my Pirates. You have a hat.
1: on the table. You put a little put a little something in there, a little grease.
0: Yeah, well, usually if Gabagool's on the table, I'm wearing my Italy headband.
1: That's what I you yeah, wear you to family keep, events. You keep the flow out of there for yeah, sure. Exactly. But no, I know that I know that feel you're saying where it's like it's weird because like you take three days off. It's not really a vacation, but then like you miss a podcast, and you're just so excited to get back and do the podcast again. Like I was like that last week when you, uh, when we didn't do the pod and I came back from the island from that little trip. So yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It's like it's not like there's a ton of Canucks news to get into. The we're prospects are really cranking bumped. up, but we're we're just stoked to get back in podcast. But uh, yeah, camping was good. You had a good time camping. I mean, you yeah, weren't really camping. Not you were camping. Just out. I had
0: fun at a camp that yeah. I went to. Yeah, right. it, it was it was more like a summer camp that I just volunteered at, and okay. it was super fun. Got it you. was great. I, I had so, so much fun. No fishing though out there. No fishing. The nice you know beachfront property. It was it was really really nice. I honestly yeah really liked it. Shout out to everybody there. Obviously not going to say the name of it because all the stalkers out there, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun.
1: I used to go to this camp when I was a kid. It was a Christian Bible camp, nice. uh, on, uh, the Cowichan river. And I went the first year and then like, I saw the camp leaders were all fishing in the river and just slaying fish. And I was like nine years old the first time I went. Uh, and then I went again when I was 10 years old and I loved fishing, obviously what I've yeah. talked about in the yeah, first yeah. part of this episode. So I brought my fishing rod to Christian camp when I was 10 and like, that's all I did. Like, I fished every day there down for, like, hours and hours and hours with, like, one or two of the leaders that were just, like, I don't know, getting away from everyone. Then I would just, like, go down with them, and I would fish so much. People would be playing. Capture the flag. I was just, I was the awkward kid just out there fishing with the leader the whole time. But, man, I had a good week of catching fish that week. I was slaying big trout out of the couch and river. It was a great time. That's awesome. That sounds great. Did your dad get you into fishing? Nope. Who did? My dad hates fishing more than anyone. Really? My grandpa. Oh, my grandpa was I remember the first time I ever went fishing. It was with my grandpa. He taught me how to tie a hook, showed me on his and then I did it on mine. And the first cast, I cast everything. It was like this big lure, this big kind of spoon lure, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like the round ones. Can't really explain it to you, but it's it's a bigger fishing lure. So I cast the thing. And this is after I tied my first knot that he just taught me. I cast it so hard. And then I look and I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's going so far. I'm probably like five or six at the time. And then it just like hits hits the water. And I start reeling, and then just, like, the line goes right into the, like, reel. And I'm like, oh, so, like, my knot didn't work at all. Like, I just casted it, and it held on enough to, like, reach. And then it just flew, and the the lure just goes (laughs) in like, the middle of the lake. And then I reel it and it's just line. So uh, it was a tough start for me in the fishing game, but I've improved since then. You yeeted it too hard. Yeah, my grandpa, Grandpa Faber, he, uh, he got me into it good back in the day. Yeah,
0: I've never never gotten into fishing
1: and I really want to. Like I, I want to
0: go fishing, I want to go camping, I want to do all this stuff. I just never find time to. But just I'm going still,
1: to Yeah. I think I had this conversation with Cam last on the show like do people in the city just I feel like a lot of people like to go camping, but there's probably a good amount of people that like are in the same boat as you. Well,
0: the thing is is we never went when I was a kid. Like my parents neither of them into either of that. Well, my dad, my dad sometimes goes fishing, but we never had a boat anyways. I never went fishing is the main main moral of the story here. But yeah, never never like traveled much, never, you know, did much, I guess as a kid. Like I went to Can't Victoria a lot, went to the Sunshine Coast. I love it there. But again, never camping. Like my mom wasn't big on camping, neither was my dad. So I'm going to have to do that as an adult now, which is uh pretty exciting because I That's must cool. say. There's there's a lot that I'm going to that I've already done this summer and I'm like excited to do in the
1: summers to come. Yeah. You're an adult, man. You can do whatever the heck you want now. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking you know of which, before, go ahead. Before, like I was expecting to come in here and it not be warm. Cause it feels like it just like a light switch flipped and it's fall all of a sudden. Yes. But then I get in here, I'm starting to sweat just a little bit. I got the window open, but it have you note. Like it felt like it was just one day. It rained once. And now it's just fall all of a sudden, which I'm yeah. down for. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that for everyone. Having some rain, hopefully help out with the fires. And oh, just, yeah. Just, like, get rid of this heat wave that the summer was to us. Like, man, I'm so excited for fall and cold weather. Yeah, until next year, but I'm right? still
0: sweating in the
1: studio. Like, I don't know. You're wearing a tank top and shorts, and I'm I wearing know.
0: sweatpants, and I was wearing a
1: jacket when I got Yeah, but I'm here. carrying around 200 more pounds than you. That's true. This is true. That's Not 200. Sweat don't, from. don't. Don't, don't add that Sorry, much to yourself. Sorry, 150 now. When we started, yeah. it, was, it was 200. That's right. That's right.
0: Actually, yes, it was. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to Edmonton on Monday. I think uh, I announced that on Twitter when yep. I uh, said I was going on vacation. Announced. I'm going to Edmonton. <laughs> um, yeah, fun stuff coming up with our parent company, The Nation Network. Um, yeah, not going to say too much because I think it wanted to be a surprise. It might be like the world's worst kept secret because I've brought it up numerous times uh, just vaguely. Uh, Throughout the past like four months because it's been in the works for a while. Uh, But yeah, very excited. Gonna go make a little promotional video with yeah, the I'm folks excited for the
1: promo video yeah that's, man that's i'm gonna good. go to that i wasn't bridge. sure if you're gonna bring it up i didn't want to bring it up and be the person to say it, but if there's a promo video coming i'm pumped for it
0: yeah i think there is a promo video coming wow. downtown jay was talking to him he just you know booked my hotel
1: today actually uh, and i was texting with him and uh and plus you're in the most beautiful place in the world edmonton you can get yeah. you can film whatever you want yeah exactly uh,
0: have you been to west edmonton mall
1: no never been
0: i'm pumped to go to west edmonton mall like actually there's like a beach in there and a skating rink like i might bring my skates probably not because i i didn't pay for an extra luggage on the flight because i'm Mm -hmm. only going for three days but next time i'll bring my
1: skates there's a skating rink in there there's a water park in there too i think it's a water park i'm not gonna go play in the water park no i bailed on that to go to a baseball tournament my family went when i was like 13 or something Mm. i went to a baseball tournament instead had a good time good time the baseball tournament. that does sound fun all right Enough chit-chat, bullcrap. Same oh, yeah. for the Patreon. We still have to do a Patreon after this, maybe, if we have time.
0: Patreon.com slash Canucks 5 and $10 gets you all the bonus content. Right now, we're doing a little series. Oh my goodness. I hope people like it. Have you read the comments People yet? do like it. People oh, do like Thank it. goodness. I haven't read the comments. Yeah, people like it. It got, it got uh, received well. Basically, what we're doing is going back and listening to our first episode and cringing extremely hard at man like you talk so fast yeah. i don't i kind of listen back i don't sound that different like other than our mics being crap and we were using the stuff at bcit too so just yeah. saying just saying the mics BCIT education at its
1: finest <laughs> oh man don't trash bcit Not got, trash them. i just that's my favorite sentence to say now all of a sudden yeah that's funny
0: i got my schedule for bcit
1: and so then that. realized
0: that i didn't withdraw from the program yet oh, and i got to get on that
1: <laughs> yeah, you should get on that yeah Anyways, yes, we reviewed our first episode together, got the awkward butterflies out of the way. I, yeah, the, I, the first, like, we haven't made it through, we made it through about a third of the episode. It's going to end up being a three-part series, because yes. we have to stop and talk yes. about stuff so much. A lot of the takes, good takes. Good it, takes. It was right after the World Junior uh, Championship with Nils yep. Huglander and Vasily Podkolzin. And you were like, I think Hoaglander's going to come in and actually be a player. And I was like,
0: oh, he's probably going to go to the AHL. Me, the funniest thing is me pretending like I know prospects and not just leaving it to you.
1: That was so funny to listen to because I was listening back and I'm like, I didn't know what I was talking about there. No, you still don't. But it was like (laughs) going back and hearing myself talk. I couldn't believe how fast I was talking. Yeah, you were fast forward. (laughs) You literally sounded like an auctioneer. Yeah, maybe there's a future in it for me. I, I can fall back on my old fast talking traits, get a new job. Yeah, there you go. We'll see what happens. Auctioning would be fun. Anyways, Canucks Talk, let's get into it. Where do we want to start? You want to start with the promo video that we just filmed. You got yourself a Finland flag on the way on the train. The first time you ever wake up before 8 o'clock to watch Prospect and he gets a shutout. 35 yep. save shutout for a coup against, not, not like against, no, not like the Italy game that I talked about the other day with Latvia playing in where Latvia had their way with Italy. Sorry quads, but this was Russia, Russia's U-20 team at the Four Nations tournament, and Aku Koskenvo, who we're going to get so good at pronouncing, because huge shutout for him. That's I just What I get the read off of that is you put up that kind of performance at this tournament that isn't really the primer for the World Junior Championship, because I think that there's a quite a different roster that we'll see at the World Juniors than what we have at this Four Nations tournament. But you put out a shutout against Russia, that's a hell of a step forward and a hell of a blip on the radar for what the future is for him and Finland, especially at the World Juniors.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what I was looking for, and it was funny when you texted me that you got a shutout because what I anticipated was a really solid defensive game from Finland. And I wasn't really like... You know I'm not taking victory laps because, like I said, like it was funny. I texted you. You were like, "He got a shutout. He's so dialed in." I was like, "Weird. He's supposed to still suck." So I was a little curious (laughs) about that. So I, uh, again, because I've said this numerous times, you're not when when the Canucks were evaluating this prospect, they weren't looking. And when I say they, I mean Ian Clark wasn't (laughs) looking for like structural capabilities and all this technical stuff. Because like Ian told me. You, he can teach technique in a weekend. That's what he said. He said we can teach technique in a weekend, but it's these intangible assets that make a guy intriguing to him as an evaluator. So when I was watching this game, I was like, okay, it's just going to be a clinic from Finland, and I wasn't really expecting much from Aku. And give them credit; they played great in front of him. They had him. a they lot were,
1: of sticks and bodies. Exactly, and lanes, man. They did a really. Finland did. Finland played just as good as Koskennvo played.
0: Exactly. And now I'm going to quiz you. What is the one thing? Every time I talk about Koskenvo, before the draft, after he, the Canucks actually drafted him, what did I tell you is the main thing he needs to work on?
1: Uh, <laughs> Come I on. listen to this, but I think it's uh, his hands were in too yes. tight. Yes. Okay. Right? So, like a so, little T-Rex? No. So so his hands... T- you,
0: know. you're, you're on the right track. Okay. So his hands, folks, when you watch a goaltender play, their hands are out in front. Right, We call this the hands being activated. With Koskenvo, his glove, not his blockers, his blocker's out in front, his glove is off to the side. And it's weird. Like You know when you played road hockey? If you ever played road hockey goalie, goalies usually set up with their glove at the side. That's what Koskenvo did in a lot of the tape I was watching at the U18s. This was what was happening. And basically, this leaves a goaltender really susceptible to shots under their arms. And if you've ever watched a game of hockey, which everyone listening to this probably has it doesn't look great when a puck slips under a goaltender's arms, right? And you're really susceptible to that when your glove is off to the side rather than out in front activated. Now, I've put in the request with Canucks PR to talk to Ian about this because I'm trying to think what was the one thing that happened in between the last time I saw a coup play and now, and the answer is getting drafted by the Canucks. Right. When I talked to a coup, he said, yeah, I'm going to talk to Ian Clark tomorrow. I've never talked to him before. I'm excited to talk to him. Or he didn't say I've never talked to him. But he said, I am going to talk to him tomorrow. We're going to come up with a plan. Um, now, I, I'm curious if over the phone, Ian said, hey, do this. And Aku already put it into his game. So TBA on that, because I'm going to ask Ian straight up when I talk to him.
1: I noticed that Russia was shooting a lot of the glove, though, too. Like Almost like they had maybe scouting on it.
0: And, and here, here's, sorry, I, I don't even know if I mentioned this. Here's what, why I bring this up his hands were out in front activated. The glove was out in front and he's doing, he's doing a slight variation of as we like to call it the Ian Clark shuffle. Uh, this is the thing that we, I pointed out to you at camp. I've talked about it numerous times. When you watch a Canucks goaltender, they're looking over traffic typically, and they're shuffling their
1: feet. Man, close. I noticed that for sure. with yes. him. Like he was doing a really good job. They he had a lot. Was. Russia the whole time had a guy in front of him. And then on the power play, the six on four power play at the very end of the game, two guys right in front of him. And he's still look, he was doing yes. a great job yep. of picking up the shots. Yeah. And actually.
0: he's calm, right? Yeah. He's, he's really, really calm when he's looking over that traffic, which he wasn't at the U 18 and he wasn't in his draft year. So what's this difference we've seen? Like I'm I'm I want to talk to Ian about it and see if he's maybe given some tips or kind of what's happened there because look, like Aku was way too active in the crease before, right? He moves more efficient like in this game that I watched today, he moved way more efficiently than any time I have seen him before. Personally, I don't think that was over a phone call with Ian Clark. I think he's gotten some coaching from somebody else in Finland with the development team. Um you know not to not to diminish what Ian's doing but I just don't think you can teach all of that over a phone call and I don't right. think Ian intended to either again going to talk to him see what the situation is there but basically he looked a lot better and he was moving efficiently uh, which is not something that Koskenvo was great at before. Moves quickly. Um, he, he always did that. He's really explosive and makes these five alarm saves. Those are often because his positioning's not great and he's not moving well enough.
1: He and- had a couple though. I like how I'm just adding like dumb guy goalies topics <laughs> here to let you go off on, But like I, I did notice a few times where he did have to make like panic saves. He did move like the thing that I'd noticed was like in the panic saves that he was making or kind of like sprawling around the crease. He did a really good job of like just almost like having both pads cover from post to post. Yes. When he was in scramble mode, it's like he took away the whole bottom part of the ice. Like he, maybe that's part of him being like a tall, lanky guy, but you weren't going to slide a puck on the ice to get it past him when there was panic around the crease. Like he did a great job of, I don't know, like anchoring a skate to the post and a skate to the other post. And like taking away that opportunity to score goal, you had to roof it on him to get it over. And he's got his glove and blocker. I just thought that, you know, he sprawled and he looked really athletic and, Just to see how big he was. Like he's he's a lot bigger than I thought. He is he's definitely six four, seeing him stand up, you know, with his belly button around the around the crossbar. Like that's how big the dude was. Like he's a he's a very big player and Yeah, and I thought he was really athletic. I liked a lot of what I saw this morning, too. And I don't like talking goalies. We're starting the damn show talking about it here.
0: Well, basically what you just said, you can go read my story if you haven't already that I did with Ian where we talked about length. That's the term that Ian likes to use is length. And now this doesn't necessarily mean that a goaltender's tall. Again, this just means that they're extremely competitive and they have that flexibility in their knee to seal off the bottom of the net. If that knee can't be flushed to the ice, then that length, that tallness that they have has no value. You can have a tall goaltender who's very uncompetitive and therefore they don't have that length. That's the term that Ian uses. Aku has great length and he's extremely athletic and that's why he's able to seal off the bottom of that crease. You know who else is extremely good at that? is archer see here Loaves. we go well i'm not i'm not going to get into that but you know archer see also very athletic much like a coup uh seals off the bottom of the net exceptionally well yeah yeah i think he's played yet i think he's going to get a ton of starts in the echl this year i think that's going to be his landing spot i don't think he's going to end up in the AHL as hmm. a backup i think that spencer martin's going to be doing that yeah, he does
1: need the games for sure
0: yeah that's what you want you want him to get into a ton of games look the last game he played manitoba um 920 save percentage. They lost 3 2. He played well, but you want him to get more games than that. Or maybe they lost 3 1. Whatever. You want him to get more games than that. And you want it to be a step above Barry, which is like the last place he consistently played games. And he didn't shine there. Like he was still learning. He was still learning the North American style and everything. But look, he's got that length. And he has a plan in front of him. You know. When I talked to Archer's last, he said, like, he's like, I've never had a coach like Ian before. So having a plan in place is huge for me. And I'm learning about how to be more efficient in the crease, how to play properly, and it's helping him a lot. So I'm excited. This is going to be a good season for Archer Seelows, I think. You're going to really see kind of why the Canucks are so high on him and why, you know, you look at his hockey DB page and you're probably like, why is quads talking about this guy all the time? And hopefully you're able to kind of see some results this year from him in the ECHL. Yeah. Are
1: you done? Are you happy? Yeah, let's get to the poll question because it is extremely... No, we'll do it on the other side of the break. Okay, we'll go to break. Quickly, well, before we go to break, we're four weeks away from training camp right now, Quad. Yes. Very four excited to away. go to Abbotsford. Yes, I, I'm so excited to get on the ice. For, get before on the ice, ice. Well, get, <laughs> get around the ice. Jumps know. jumps over the glass. Yeah, no, no, I still can't skate backwards, but <laughs> uh, I'll tell you who can, Hugo Gabrielson, who we'll talk about later. Yes. We have more to talk about from this uh, Four Nations tournament uh, in the Prospects report later in the episode, but... I just want to get like off the top we're 1 month away. I feel like the countdown could start to happen like we're under 30 days. You know, we're 4 weeks, 28 days away. I guess 27 sleeps. I always hate that too when people like do you ever get that when it's like how many days and how many sleeps are different away? Like if like I say today's Friday, you know, we're we're 3 days away from Monday, right? Is that what you'd say or would you say
0: yeah. 3 sleeps? Cuz I that's
1: always confused me. It's it's a like I've always messed that up. A little dumb guy thing right there. But uh, for training camp, I want to get your thoughts on this because there's going to be a lot of stories, obviously. There's so much change in this team, but what's the one storyline that you're most excited? And let's keep it away from goaltenders. You've had your freaking run here. You saw the Um, gears turning in my head. Yeah, I saw you. This is the only time you get excited. Your hands started moving. We weren't even talking yet, (laughs) but that's what happens. We start talking goalies. But the one storyline that you're kind of most excited about just seeing at training camp this year.
0: At training camp, the one I'm most excited to see. Uh, Vasiliy And I think it's Vasily And I think it is going kind of stole to be. Mine, but yeah.
1: Sorry. Well, it's going I mean, to be. I've been similar. watching him in the KHL for you know, yeah two and a half years now. Yeah. Sorry. I'm excited for him to see him in an NHL jersey.
0: Well, I was going to go. You can you can pick the goaltenders then. No, but, I'm not uh, picking a freaking goaltender. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see Yaro, Yaro Halak and the pads
1: that he pays for. I actually had a question for you into Halak. But we Let's talked save it, save too it. much goalies. I save put it, it in my notes. So I'll we'll bring it up in a future episode. Excellent. Give me another story because Pod Colson's the, well, Pod Colson, the big one. Like everyone's excited to see what Pod Colson do. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's like. It's the ma- it's a massive story to see where he fits, yeah. how he looks, what his speed is like against okay. NHL competition. But this let's is, go with a different storyline a little bit. This is kind of in the same
0: vein, but I think the other storyline I'm most excited for is seeing how that top six works out. Mm-hmm. Like, is Vasily park going to be in the top six right from training camp? Does Nils Hoaglander get bumped down? Is Tanner Pearson in the top six right from training camp? It's going to be very interesting to see because, again, last season, we're... Man, we're we're I'm a swore. But we're talking weeks before training camp with Harmon in here, we're like, who's gonna be in the top six? It's gonna be Louie or Jake. And now neither of those guys are even on the team. Yeah. And it's like that's how much this team has improved. And look, like you're going in with a top six that's going to be competitive, and arguably a top nine that's probably going to be the best in the Pacific division. Yeah. Like from top to bottom. And I'm really excited to see how that all works out. Like, who's going to be on that top six? And we've spent countless hours on this podcast and every other Canucks podcast in the market talking about it. Right? Like everybody, everybody throws out their line combos, but I'm really interested to see what we see on the first day of training camp and how that's different by the last day of training camp.
1: Yeah, I, I'm staying in the top six with the thing that I'm excited for, but just going a different route here because. I, I'm excited to see just what Elias Pedersen is going to do. Yeah. Right. Like, let's just think about it. We missed him for the whole second half of the year last year. You know, the Canucks' best player, in my eyes, I think in a lot of people's eyes, in Elias Petterson And we didn't get to see him for all of, you know, um, when the season just starts going downhill. Was pretty much that injury to Pedersen, right? When he when he was out and it was going to be a couple of days, ends up being a month, ends up being the whole season. Like you tend to forget, like from all the pain that we had to go through watching the Vancouver Canucks last year, they didn't have their best player for a good portion of the season. When you get Pedersen back, that type of just overall team boost that it brings you, having your best player back in the lineup, is massive. If you think about it, with any team in the league. They lose their best player. The team typically falls apart. It, I mean, it's it's the strongest structure of your organization and your best player that's on the ice. And the Canucks didn't have that for the last 30 games last year. I'm I'm hoping that everything's healed. Everything's 100% healthy. I'm expecting it to be at that point. But we've only seen Pedersen, you know, start to kind of post on social media like that he's at the rink, that he's back training. For maybe like four, maybe three or four weeks now was like the first time I remember seeing him, you know, mm-hmm. post that he was even like the the first Instagram post the that he shooting, had where it was like feels gross. good to be shooting in that little basement yeah. that he yeah. was in again. Yeah. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure that like I don't want another Brock Bester situation where you know he missed like a whole year goes by and it's like, oh that's not the same Brock Bester shot that we're used to. Right? Like I want him to be hundred percent healthy, and if it takes some extra time. Maybe that's what it is to bring Pederson back, but I'm expecting him to be 100% healthy, but that's also something I want to keep an eye on at camp is, is he still steadily improving like we've seen him do throughout his career? Is he show up at camp and look better than he did at camp last year? Because that's what a lot of people are expecting from him. You know, that's what everyone in Vancouver not only expects from him, but you know, kind of needs from him, right? Like he needs to get better. That's a big part of seeing this Canucks team improve is having Patterson, Hugland or Quinn Hughes be better than they were last year when they were, you know, 19, 20, 21, they need to continue to improve. And I, you know, it would be a really bad setup for the Canucks if Patterson doesn't take a big step forward. Like a lot of people are expecting.
0: And I think that extends to guys like Brock Besser and Bo Horvat and even JT Miller as well. And we've heard the Sedin twins doing media tours, basically. And saying this, like, they're like, if this team's going to improve, the core guys need to get better. Like, at the end of the day, it's the core guys that have to get it done. Now, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but let's be, let's call a spade a spade here. They didn't have anything helping them before. Like, when they were slow at the start of the year, the bottom six was actually scoring and they just couldn't get it done. So... Not to make a bunch of excuses or anything, but really, come on, look what look what they were working with the past couple seasons. Because then as soon as they got going, the bottom six turned into the regular bottom six that we all knew and loved back yeah. then.
1: I look at it as like the top six is going to win you like 75% of your yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. The top six and the top four defensemen, they're going to win you like 75% of your games. You just need that bottom six to have a good. Whoa! Every, top
0: four defenseman's going to win you a bunch of your games. Well, is that a, great that's for the, a
1: pretty hot take? Well, I mean, combined, like the top half of your lineups, going to if they play well. Oh, I thought win you meant you the Canucks' new top four. No, like I was uh, like, as, whoa, like, a Team in general winning. Somebody games, loves Tucker Poolman. The guys who are playing, you know, top minutes, playing in the big pressure situations, yeah, yeah. power play, penalty kill, they're going to win you seventy-five percent of the games. The depth guys are going to, you know, they're going to have games where they go off. You are going to have Brandon Sutter putting up hat tricks. Luke Shen. You know, Luke Shen, another guy that I want to get into actually on the other side, but you know, the depth only needs to step up like once every four games like really. It just be consistently fine bottom end players and then one every four games one guy has a game. Scores Tyler Mott has one of those two-goal games that, you know, really makes things a lot easier on the rest of the group. But a lot of this pressure a lot of this pressure is on the top end, guys. So we need to see them perform as well. Uh, well. We'll get to some more stuff about the depth on the other half. We got a lot of prospect stuff to get into. Things are just cranking up overseas, which I've been damn excited about. So we'll get into some of that on the other side. But I think we'll, we'll throw to a quick ad break now. Uh, probably went a little bit too long there. Too much fishing talk in uh, yeah. in the first 10 minutes of the show. But we'll uh, we got quads back. It's been fun. I'm sure you're antsy to get into the second half of the episode. So we'll throw to a quick ad break right now. And we'll meet you guys on the other side. All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 49 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? had the Muddler's Pink
0: Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen, ridiculous. What did we eat that one day? Poutine? cheeseburger, well, I ate it all, waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings.
1: Yeah, the spicy chicken burger, that's my go-to, but what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van that's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio. The
0: pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work, but one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash
1: jobs. Squish beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer. Absolutely crushable. The right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable, which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many more than one more than unlike one. last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try squish. You can find the original flavors of hard seltzer at BC liquor stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades, my favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia.
0: All right. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks conversation podcast. We're going to get into the hour your business here. Poll question. I'm a little yeah, we are. I'm a little cheesed about this one, Chris. I must say, because I put out the poll question. What do you like more? Prospect talk or goalie talk? Or I'm angry. 8% for goalie talk. What's going on, man? Like, I okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, with me, you get the most of you get the best of both worlds. Because I'll talk about the goalies that play for the actual team. And then I'll talk about every goalie prospect they have as well. You're here talking about all these prospects that nobody knows about. Who who wants to listen to that? I'm sorry. I I, I voted goalie talk personally. But 8% for goalie talk. 61% say prospect talk. Can you, can you and turn, up, uh, turn on my Bluetooth a little bit? And 31% say I'm angry.
1: DJ Kyle! Nice touch. Very much. Nice touch. Thank you. Nice very touch. much. All right. You, you really felt the need to do that, eh? You know what? When we used to so I don't know if I've told this story before. I must have on some podcast before. But we used to be so good at Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I think I've told you this before. We went 256 games in a row of call of Capture the Flag and Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. And what we used to do, because this is when you know the lobbies were insane. I've, i know I've told this story before. Maybe for l- new listeners you haven't heard this, but Modern Warfare 2 lobbies were just the worst lobby, the worst like crap talking. And I can't even swear and say it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Just the most trash talking that you could ever expect. And every time we won one of those 256 games, all six of us, our squad, which was just unreal. Just we, everyone knew their position, played their position, right? Two forwards, two midfielders, two defense. We all played it to a T. And when we finished, we would all take our phones and play it. All I Do is Win by DJ Khaled, blast it through the Xbox microphone so that it went in like six, it was like six songs <laughs> of it playing at the same time, and people got so mad. Well, we yeah yeah, cleared out oh, lobbies. That is so annoying. Wow. How old were you when you did this? Uh, I would have been, oh man, I don't know, probably like 13 or 14, 15 kind of area. Wow. Yeah. And we were just, we were all so good. We were all so good. We played it, man, just like playing Capture the Flag to a T was so fun because like, you, two people defended the flag, two people ran around just killing people, and two people just went for the flag. And like having like a structure and Capture the Flag made it the most fun game. I've been playing Warzone again. Got back into it. Dude, you know what I'm playing now? Splitgate.
0: Okay, my friend has Whole. been trying to get me to get Splitgate. It's Man, good now, same right? Same thing
1: happened to me. My buddy, was, uh, my former roommate, was trying to get me in to play it for like a week, and I wasn't going to buy in. And then someone was like, oh, well, I just miss hanging out with the guys online and chatting. And I was like, yeah, I do too. So like... I'll play this stupid game and now I'm playing it hard. Like it's fun. It's so much like Halo. What's the concept? Basically, it's like, you know, Halo, the game, it plays a lot like Halo. It's very similar guns to Halo, but you have portals that are in these, like there's squares around the map that you can make a portal into and then make the other end of the portal into another square of the map. Hmm. They're just kind of like these squares on a wall. Like they're not the whole map. They're not, they're just kind of in random places. Then you can look through the portal. You can shoot through the portal. You can jump through the portal. It's pretty cool stuff, but you can also like throw a grenade to break down their portal. It's really easy to like get rid of portals, so hmm. it's it's basically just Halo with portals. It's a lot of fun. Wow, that does that, that sounds like a really cool concept. It's, I'm gonna have to try it that. Is, and it plays it plays so good. It plays clean like Halo. Like it just hmm. has that clean shot when you have a you know red dot on a guy, you get the shot, and it's it's pretty fun so far. I've uh, I've played a few hours in the past week of it, but I only started maybe three days ago.
0: Hmm. Did you ever play Left for Dead or Left for Dead Two? Uh, like barely. I played those barely as well. The back for blood game came out, which is like the sequence
1: by a mm-hmm. different developer. I played it. It's okay. Like it's not bad. I wish they had a zombie game that was just like, and I think there was one. I remember hearing about one being developed, but it's just like, you just live like you got a house, you set it up and it was just like a full, you know, you just try to stay alive for as long as you can like Sims build 4. up. A, yeah. Sims mixed with a zombie zombie game expansion. It would have been
0: cool. I bet there's a mod for that. Maybe. On the Sims? If you get it on PC. Anywho,
1: back to the oh, domination yeah. on the poll question. There's another map for you there, domination yeah. or game type. Uh what, what's prospects at? Because you're got one percent, thirty-one percent for I'm angry. Damn, so I'm angry's got like almost four times as much of vote than goalie prospects I you know, I love to hear that because somebody comes in on the freaking reviews the other day. And like, thank you so much. We appreciate all the five-star reviews. They just said the only reason I'm giving this five-star review is for from the Halak episode. And (laughs) I got a message, I got multiple DMs from people as well saying that they, you know, they that they enjoy the show, but they had to reach out, that you know, they love the Halak, they love the goalie episode. But you know what? Oh yeah. That's that's a very small minority of people, apparently, according to the Twitter poll, (laughs) because only eight percent are voting for the goalie prospects. And I appreciate that about, you know, we got some smart listeners. We have some smart listeners, some smart followers of the show. And it's, uh, it's great to see it come in through a poll result like this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I almost lost you there a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was coughing up a storm, quickly <laughs> muted my mic, but uh, yeah, sorry, but they had something in my throat there, but uh, yeah, you know what we have? The thing is, and like, you know, not to, not to toot our own horn too much, But like we work well together. Like imagine me on a podcast alone. (laughs) Like it's
1: not not going well.
0: I'm probably going to talk someone's ear off about goaltending and they won't appreciate it yeah the, the whole
1: and price thing again where you just crushed yeah. the one thing that you, yeah you they're like
0: and they're like and the next question who is logan stankoven?
1: And Like, man were you let down about Stankoven not getting picked you're like i don't know <laughs> i was like no i i just wanted to kenvo <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um At least you didn't try and fake it your way through i hate that yeah, that's even exactly. worse that's what i did in our first episode but now i just i don't yeah. bother check like, that out on the patreon part i two literally i
0: i've i've watched like maybe a minute of logan stankoven play like maybe a
1: minute and I think that's being a little generous. Like maybe I scrolled past on Twitter. I saw him play in person a couple of years ago as well. Cool. And I've seen, I watched a lot of them anyways. I was excited about them this year, but you know, yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to go back to the whole <laughs> Stankoven thing one more time. Nope. I'm not surprised about the poll. Not not surprised at all, but... I'm a little surprised. Because we got... I got so many messages, and, like, people... Yeah. I, maybe <laughs> These those were people, people genuinely concerned. They're voting prospects in the I end. Think,
0: yeah. I was going to say, I got a lot of people genuinely concerned but that you were, like, end. bullying me.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. Which I don't. If anybody gets bullied here, it's freaking me. No. I'm I'm driving, coming. picking you up places, <laughs> and drive you Come pick me up. Be here at 12. Two minutes late. Yeah, and then I'm late because I'm making, late, I'm making mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then I think it's because, you know... Built up the following on Twitter because tweeting out a lot of prospect gifts. You had the opportunity today to do it, but you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it on Twitter. I'm going to put it in in an article later. Yeah, I'm I'm actually doing a deep dive into the shadow. Yeah, I am. Oh, my
0: goodness. I think I think I am. Well, no, I'm actually okay, And hopefully this request gets actually, but I'm talking to
1: Ian. Great transition by me here. Okay. well, great podcasting. Almost as good as last week on the Trust the Process podcast with Wyatt and Bowman. Bowman was... Somebody asked him in a mailbag that's like, how are you? And it's just like, you know what? We don't ever get asked that. It's a great question. They're going to get to it. And Bowman's like, he pulls up this foot massage thing. He's like, I just got this foot massager. It's amazing. <laughs> He's like, it's really making my life better. And then Wyatt's like gone for a second. And he comes back with the exact same foot massager. He's like, I've had this thing for a year. It changed my life. And it's like... <laughs> it's just, it was like one of the most quality moments in podcasting oh, man. I've ever heard. But... What I'm trying to say, the transition here is excellent. Why don't we? I mean, it's a good time to write this article, a little weekend wrap up because there's a lot going on, wrapping up the whole Four, 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 uh, four nations tournament. That's an article, all that's, right.
0: That's your great transition. Yeah, because that you talked a as minute I mentioned about
1: that. We're about to dive into the other player that's been killing it. At the Four Nations, not really killing it. He was benched in Game Two, but Hugo Gabrielson.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. You were you were asking me about my article. I was about to pump it up a little bit. All
1: right. Well, yeah, hopefully, no, this, nobody, gets yeah, we're hopefully gonna, this gets I approved. Hopefully this gets approved. I can't believe this article. If it's just gonna be a deep no, dive no, it's of not a Four deep Nations, dive. no, no, shut
0: I'm actually prying a little bit after what I said when I when I was talking to Ian and Curtis. They both used the term goaltending stable, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna pry a little bit. I think the key to this business and this job that we do is just to always be curious. And I think I'm just going to pry because I'm very curious why they use the term goaltending stable and Ian compares
1: everybody to horses. Like he was like, he, he goes, it, hold on. That's the article right there. Why does Ian Clark compare goaltending <laughs> to <have> horses? <laughs> canucks army exclusive <laughs> No, but he, he, you know he Seven refers reasons to why ian clark <laughs> believes that goalies and horses are the same then i
0: can run it on daily hive yeah yeah i'll no, be back but- at
1: daily hive here soon rugby guy there you go rugby he- seven's coming up
0: asking pj how the game works yeah no that's i get it to now it. well that's there's good. a few things i don't get that's okay nobody
1: gets it i still don't get the cfl game though some ah. things too i played in a canadian football league <laughs> i still don't understand
0: it <laughs> um but yeah gonna talk to ian Hopefully, have a story about that and just kind of how they maintain excellence in the goaltending department. Because even when Ian was gone, like the Canucks have never really had bad goaltending. Like mm-hmm. the Ryan Miller years. Like Ryan Miller was good, man. He was. He was solid. If you know, you put,
1: had, I was, I was producing a six fifty show last week. Mm-hmm. And they were discussing top goalies since kind of like two thousand. They're kind of like since the, the the, uh, salary cap era. And like that, there was this. There's a couple seasons that Ryan Miller has that are like. Ryan's Ryan Miller probably has two of the top twenty seasons in the last twenty. Yeah, no,
0: Ryan Miller was legitimately like the best goalie in the league. and didn't get the respect. Well, think about
1: the twenty ten Olympics. He was the best goalie in the league. Yeah, he was. Then he got
0: beat five hole by Crosby. Yeah, yeah, he did.
1: But no, it's funny. Like we're spending like I'm giving you so much runway for goalie talk here, and I need like I've kind of brought it up as well. But (laughs) goalie, exciting goalie guest next week as well. Talk some goalies with us. Well, one for sure. (laughs) maybe two.
0: Oh yes yes one, yeah, for no, sure. one for sure yes
1: yes uh, everybody's favorite uh former canucks goalie i think well maybe not everyone's come on who's who 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 doesn't like cheech well yeah i said his name yeah john garrett hopefully cheech, joining cheech us will be back yeah he's yeah. coming back on the show it's been a long time since we've had him on and uh love talking with cheech yeah cheech is great plus like we're we'll gonna do a lot of food talk with him i'm I gonna know. i I'm love gonna, it propose that he tries mustard on watermelon no don't do that to cheech it's it tastes fine if you try it and he's the type of guy that just would try get it out of here get out of here he is that. the type of guy that would try it it tastes fine if you try it it's like why put it on in the first place like it, it i will defend it one more time it makes bad watermelon which you get sometimes it doesn't have the sweetness like the rest it makes like a a bland watermelon taste much better oh my god it's just like it's <laughs> i can't believe i'm gonna say this but it's just like a sandwich Oh you know, my god, sandwich without mustard, it's missing something.
0: I bet all those people that voted for your stupid yeah. prospect well, talk well, are not now switching the
1: goalies, they're switching to I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> like they're, they're definitely picking I'm angry. Yes, for oh sure. My I'm goodness. angry is going to clean up in the poll now. Um, but yeah, Cheech will be on next week, that'll be fun. Uh, to catch up with him before the season ramps up here. Uh, but let's get to um, actually the one thing I want I mentioned before the break here, Luke Shen, because it's going to be a really interesting thing for Luke Shen to come in win two Stanley Cups as a seventh defenseman, where he played, you know, not a ton of games, but he got into about a quarter of the games for for Tampa Bay, played in a lot of playoff games over the last two years. My question to you is, does Luke Shen play more than 30 games next season? In the regular season, not even including playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Luke Shen get, maybe every fourth game to give a right shot defenseman a night off. And then if an injury occurs a longer run of games, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him play over 30. I think it's a lock that he plays over 15. I think it's pretty yeah. probable. He plays over 20. Yeah. But does he get over 30? Do you think next year? I think
0: 30 is the appropriate number. I think unless something's gone wrong and they've had an injury, I think you're probably looking at just under 30 for Shen, but Look, they've gotten pretty lucky in the injury department over the past two seasons, but that's not typical for the Canucks. And I think that if there is an injury, like we're definitely looking at Luke Shen being the next man up. Like I know a lot of people are talking about Brad Hunt. I think Luke Shen is higher
1: than and the Brad way Hunt. that Green likes his right shot. Yeah. Guys on the right side, he's not going to play Brad Hunt over and Luke Shen, and Luke Shen ain't going to the AHL.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Luke Shen can play with Jack Rathbone, right? And that's going to matter. Like, who who's the best guy to play with Jack Rathbone? I think the answer is Luke Shen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think either Pullman or Hamannik is still an option, but that's going to Pullman. Pullman's, I still think Pullman's on option. OEL's line, but it's basically set in stone. Yeah.
0: No. and it's then Hamonic with Hughes, right? You're, yeah. you're, and then that's why I'm starting not to think. I like I don't think Rathbone makes the team out of camp. That's my hot take. Uh, I think Rathbone gets sent down for reasons mostly beyond his control. Like I
1: unless don't think he comes so. in, I know that. Like, we our take on the defense is really different. Mine is that Myers does play with OEL, hmm. and then Poolman plays with Rathbone because I just think that that line is is two guys that Travis Green's gonna want just munching minutes. Yeah. You know, he's going to want OEL munching minutes. He's going to want Tyler Myers munching minutes. And then when that doesn't work, like this is how I think the season starts. I don't think it lasts that long. If that pairing really struggles, like they'll get the shot and you can't write them off completely from what they've done in the past. But the past does predict the future a lot of the time. And especially with a, with aging hockey players, aging defensemen. Yes. So I, I still think that it's going to be OEL and Myers are going to start the season night one. I predict it to be Quinn Hughes, Travis Hamanick, OEL Tyler Myers, and then the third pairing, I believe it's going to be Jack Rathbone and Poolman. I hope you're right. I want to see Jack Rathbone so on this team.
0: Like you've talked a lot about Olevi. I I would love to see Olevi come in and just have his knee be healed and like he's able to pivot and like play
1: like an NHL defenseman finally. But I gotta see it to believe it right yeah, that's only doesn't need to be better than rathbone at camp he just needs to be better than he was last year exactly you like, levy's competing against himself and at his this camp. His
0: contract is so friendly like his contract literally puts him
1: in a, the best position to make the yep. team yeah and i mean stylistically too if, if myers is going to be on the like not playing with oel if it's going to be Pullman with oel myers and, and you'll makes stylistic sense in the end too but it's like i said like Yalevi's not competing against anyone but himself at camp. That's the only person yep. he needs to compete against. And that's kind of who he's been competing against for the last, you know, three, four years since battling injuries. Now. Yeah, exactly. Like he just needs to show well at camp enough to say this isn't a huge drop off from Hunt or Rathbone. And that, that'll that be his spot because, yep. you know, Jim Benning's going to push for him to be there. He's a the guy that he drafted, he's a guy that Jim Benning obviously believes in to draft that high. Benning's going to want him to play on night one. So, it's going to, you know, it's it's basically like if love, he has a bad camp, he's not there. If he has an okay camp, he's probably there. And if he has a good camp, he's 100% starting for the Canucks on night one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, before we wrap up here, one topic we said we would get into is the Andrey Svechnikov contract. Mm. And if it affects the Elias Petterson contract and kind of what's
1: going on with that. So I'll let you begin. Yeah, so eight years, 7.75 on yes. Svechnikov a winger who's obviously produced at a top line level. Mm-hmm. He's a top line player for Carolina. He's one of their best scorers on that team. Obviously, you know, a great offensive piece, young. And I it's interesting because like playing center is such a different role in the NHL. It completely makes you do a lot of different things. It makes you make a lot more money. It makes you have a lot more pressure defensively on you. But Svechikov is a top-tier winger in the NHL. Like every team would love to have that type of winger playing on their first line. Pedersen is in a similar route, but I believe that he's still above that by quite a bit if he's signing an eight-year deal.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Do you think that there's any chance that Peterson actually... Like, at what at what number... Let's say eight years is what we're going with for PD, okay? At what number is it too much? Like, are you like, okay, this is, this is turning from, oh, this is a nice deal that when the cap goes up and having him sign this long, this is great, to being like... This could backfire.
1: I think anything over as soon as you hit 10 million. Yeah, that's I what I put it anything at. Anything in the nines would be, you know, we look at it now and it's like, well, that's a big deal. We look at it in year five, six, seven, eight. If Pedersen is competing, you know, like a lot of people are projecting to be a heart candidate, heart candidate when he starts to really out. get into yep. his, his absolute prime and the caps going up like anything under 10, I, you know, I don't know if they even have like the money able to do that. Because it's just it's going to be very difficult to get him and Hughes both signed together, which is unfortunate. I still think we're in the camp of getting bridges on both, if not potentially long term with Quinn Hughes. But nothing, nothing that goes under ten million dollars would worry me about Elias Patterson on a long term deal.
0: No, exactly. That's what I put it at. I I, even I put seven it seven years.
1: 10. I think like once you get to six, a little dice yeah, okay. here in the nines, sure. but seven years even. Anything under ten mil, I would go. But once you get lower in years or lower or higher in salary cap, that that's when I would worry a little bit. But seven or eight year deal under ten million dollars, sign me up for that. Yeah, no,
0: I'm with you on that one absolutely. And like I've been trying to look at it and see if they could make it work, and I think they can. Like I think they could make that work. It How has short's to be- Hughes getting then? Hughes is a bridge then. You can't go long term with both. It's just not going to be right. possible. <sighs> like they could get it done, mm-hmm. but everything we've heard has kind of suggested that it's going to be Hughes. That's the one that gets long term. So I'm interested to see which also how it all shakes the, down.
1: The way the defense market goes, you know, if this is just I don't I don't think this is a flash in the pan off season where defensemen get paid so much. Look at. The biggest evolution, like in the game of hockey, I feel like in the last twenty years, is puck moving defensemen. Yep, like puck moving defenseman is just something that you know. You look, you listen to guys like we've interviewed guys like even talking to, like Brent Sopel. Like I remember we've interviewed Brent Sopel here on the show a couple times. He would tell you that he was not like he couldn't skate backwards well. He couldn't yep. move the puck well. It was just give the puck to the the other defenseman, let him move it. That's that's the biggest change for me in the last 20 years is how good pucking the defensemen are. I don't think this is a one-year thing where defensemen get paid a ton of money, and I think that's why you probably do want to make Quinn Hughes the guy who gets the long-term deal in the end because Pedersen is going to get paid. If it's three years from now and you're signing him for $12 million because the cap just began to go up and it's going to continue to go up for the entirety of his eight-year contract, that's, probably fine. that's more fine with me than what you might have to do if you push the... You know, push the rock down the road and then you have that. That's not the saying at all. What am I trying to say? Kick the can down Kick the, the road. Can down, push, push the rock. That's what your dad does. Still works. Has his creatine, starts pushing rocks down starts the road. pushing boulders. Yep. Six hours in the gym a day. My dad's in there. It's Jeez. out of control. Out of control. Six protein drinks a day. Six protein uh, shakes a day. Oh my gosh. Eats as much food as he wants. Eats about 3,500 calories every day. Minimum. Wow.
0: He sounds like me when I was start when I was really trying to put on weight.
1: Yeah, you and your shakes. I yeah. remember. I shaker your bottles done some work on it. You can't even see the Popeyes logo. on No, you
0: can't. I got bullied by Drance and JD at Pasta Mori for bringing that with. Well, me. yeah, I mean,
1: we were on the patio. We were supposed to go out for drinks with Drance. Well, we still are this weekend, but we are. Yeah, what day? Saturday. We'll talk about this off., Okay, but he was <laughs> so he made a comment in a group chat to us that it was like, "Don't bring your Popeyes sippy cups." cups. So I thought he was talking about the Popeyes chicken. <laughs> place at first because i just didn't trigger popeye's popeye supplements cups. yeah yeah so like i was just like oh well like i'll have a sippy cup in the morning maybe a popeye sandwich i was thinking in my head and then i was like oh he's talking about the shaker cups. yeah but that i bring everywhere anywho what i was saying i can't even remember now pushing the rock down the road yeah pushing the boulder
0: pushing boulders still a thing
1: grew up on the island different times over there yeah. but that i think is a better move with pettersson because like you're gonna pay him a few more million dollars with quinn hughes like a three-year deal on Hughes probably gets you in five to six and a half range. I think maybe five and a half to seven, like that kind of range. But then, if he continues to rip it up, that's like a six million dollar jump you might have to pay for him. You know, in three years from now, you might be playing. You might have to pay Quinn Hughes nine to twelve million dollars yeah. if he continues to progress into one of the top offensive defense in the league. Wouldn't shock me for him to be in. You know, double digit million dollars per year. With Pederson, he's already so close to that that three years from now I don't think he's like he's gonna be making fourteen and a half million dollars. Yeah. Like you know, if there's if not Pettersson, gonna be a huge jump. Exactly. Not as much of a jump from the forward than there's a defense. I think that's the reason why you want to get Quinn Hughes done long term first.
0: Yeah, I agree. Absolutely I agree. I, I think you're I think you're safer going long term with Hughes, but okay just play devil's advocate a little bit. I, I'm somebody, one of these pessimistic Canucks fans that says on Twitter Actually, and never mind. I'm not going to get into that. Um, no. But a lot of people are you know, looking at Quinn Hughes' defensive game last year and saying, this is the guy we want to go long term with. Is he really a number one defenseman? What's your answer to that?
1: Offensively, he is 100% a number one defenseman. And as he develops into the NHL, the biggest thing about defenseman, so I think that they're learning to do in the NHL is defend against NHL competition. You can practice going up against any defense and you can have a lot of success. You know, like when you're coming up through the ranks, NCAA, the guys you're going up against, you know, probably around the class you should be going against. But when you get to the NHL, defending a full line of NHL quality players coming at you is the toughest jump for anyone to do. Like offensively, you can be so much better than everyone, like Quinn Hughes was in NCAA and junior hockey. You can be better than everyone, and that's great. But it's not like he was better than everyone. At you know the NCAA defending he was a good fine defender but making that jump to the NHL when you're going up against the best in the world that's a really tough jump for anyone to do and I think that there's going to be kind of a slow progression in his defensive game when he starts to figure out how he can be successful defensively he knows how to be successful offensively there's yeah. no problem there at all like yeah. he he already has it as a mastercraft of being an offensive defenseman. So I I think even if you know his even if his defensive game like just stays like it is, you know, you're still got this guy who you can trust to play first power play unit, be your first pairing guy. If you get a better right shot defenseman to play with him, maybe that helps the defensive game. I wouldn't be worried about Quinn Hughes at all. Couple things here from me. The main
0: thing is that we've seen what Quinn Hughes can play like when he's with a really steady defensive defenseman that he's playing with. And even we saw shades of it. With Travis Hammondick. Now, Hammondick's obviously not Chris Tanev, but we've seen what can happen when you have Hughes with somebody as stable as Tanev. I think that Hammondick's going to provide something similar to that. I don't think it's going to be the same level at all. But I also think that Brad Shaw, now, I am not really buying what everybody's selling about him being the Ian Clark of defensive systems, but. I do think that he's going to get Hughes to stay in the system a little more because Hughes was kind of given some free reign last year. Nobody was there really to reel him in. And that's not, you know, maybe that is an indictment on Travis green and his coaching staff, but we've heard this from a few different people that, you know, Bradshaw went on the radio and was like, this is how I'm going to fix Quinn Hughes defensive game. And he like laid it out like for everybody to see. And, you know, of course there's things he's going to want to tweak a little bit um, that he didn't mention, but Hughes is going to have to start playing in the Canuck system, and he's not really going to get that free pass that he was it's given. It's almost like you want him to still be able you do, to go out. You do. You want it, him right? to roam. You want yeah. him to be that guy, but you also don't want him to chase guys around the ice in the defensive right. zone. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because it's
1: like, that's the thing that it's like, man, when you have a player that's that dynamic offensively, you don't want to limit them in any way. And I, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, you want them to be able to just fit into a system that helps you defensively. And I think that I, I think Brad Shaw going to make a difference with that as well too. So, you know, to me, it's, it's no risk going on Quinn Hughes. Um, and I just think that that's the bigger savings cap wise six years down the road from now, which, you know, should still be on the mind of Jim Benning, even though maybe sometimes it doesn't seem like he's thinking six years down the road. I wonder if that's part of this decision that's being made right now. Maybe Chris gears in his ear quite a bit saying, yeah. Hey, we got to look six years down the road here and, you know, figure out what's what's going to save us the most cap in the end, and then at the same time, I, I wonder. You know, players like the security, they like the long term deals, yep. but at the same time, these are super agents representing Hughes and Patterson, and they're going to get the most money for their clients in the end. So maybe there's, you know, bridge deals coming for both these guys because, you know, the agents can make that happen, and they know that both players are getting a big raise in three years from now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, final thing: prospects report. Uh, I talked about it. Hugo Gabrielson. Uh, kind of a strange situation. Game one of the Four Nations tournament, he leads Sweden in an ice time. You know, leads them in ice time. Out there killing penalties on the first year, unit. But the second game against the Czech Republic, he ends up not, he ends up like starting on the second pairing, but doesn't play a lot of minutes. So I'm going to have to check in with that see if there's an injury or something but he barely played in the third period barely played in the second half of the second period they play three games in three days so maybe they're resting him for the third game a little bit the game was already out of hand it was like 7-2 at one point uh Czech Republic was man they looked really good against Sweden um it'll be interesting to watch them play uh against uh or no sorry they will be Czech Republic still has a game against Finland I believe so it'll be interesting to see how Finland matches up against them I could be wrong it might be Russia but um watching no it will be Finland and Sweden will be the final game so that'll be exciting maybe that's what they were saving him for but man he looked so good he looks like and this is a u20 tournament for an 18 year old kid gabrielson has this year to play at it. he has next year to play at it the rumblings that i've heard and, and just seeing like a lot of these serious reporters i'm pressing to translate on their tweets all the time mm-hmm. everybody's blown away with the 18 year old kid and how good he looks uh you know he, he was playing the hockey 10 not a lot of people liked his game there yeah. he didn't fit in at that level like he just didn't look good but Now, people are really starting to like Gabriel he's going to come in at number 11 on our Canucks Army rankings, finishing the article tonight. Just so you know, you can edit that. Um, Great. And then, I mean, a lot of other things, just everything's kind of starting up. Linus Carlson was excited to see him on the power play in the uh, SHL this year. Uh, But, you know, Arvid Kosmar as well, getting some SHL time. Uh, Finally, uh, Lucas Forsell. Got to finally play in a Swedish uh, Swedish hockey league SHL preseason game on Friday morning, and of course the stream doesn't work for that one. The like, literally, I'm looking at this. They have like France. They have the France second tier preseason games on there and they don't have the shl preseason games so that pissed me right off i'm gonna have to wait till it gets uploaded to uh to our clips site and watch a shift by shift which i don't mind but i like you know updating if anything happens on the spot so i'll wait for the shift by shift to come out break it down see how he looked against shl competition uh but good for him 17 year old kid in lucas forsell playing shl games great uh great spot for him to even just get the experience i expect him still to be in j20 uh but Aside from that, not really a lot to report on the prospects. Still, kind of just waiting for NCAA stuff to crank up, which is very soon. You know, next two weeks we're going to start to see some, uh, or I guess like two weeks from now, we're going to start to see some action uh, on the Aiden McDonough front, the Jack Malone front. Uh, it's going to be fun to kind of follow those guys continue on with their NCAA careers. But not much more of a prospects report. We spent a ton of time talking about Cuscanvu in the in the first half of the episode, so we're not going to reopen that door. That's all I got, Quads. People love the prospect talk. They hate the goalie talk. But they love the prospect goalie talk when Kosken playing great. Yeah. Someone must have commented that. that. Eh? Someone loved it. That was like the ultra. Ultra thing actually, that people like. About I actually the
0: got a request. Someone said, because I put out a joke tweet. Remember when I had Jack Rathbone on the show and I was alone and I texted you and I was like, Oh, it's a full episode. I broke down Archie Love's development up to this point. Yep. Somebody re- actually requested that. Someone was like, can you actually do that? I was like, I don't think so. But I kind of did today. I talked about his time in Barry and everything, but that wasn't
1: like from the start. Like, no, it wasn't like Archer Silovs was born
0: in Riga, Latvia. No, I don't
1: need <laughs> you. Save that crap for a freaking article. I'm not, we're not sure. doing that here on this show. I gave you such a long runway today you did. for goalies. It was great. It was great. Yeah, good I'm to be glad back. You had bud. a good time. Good to be People back. thinking I'm bullying you. And I here, I give you 45 minutes of goalie talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. I felt now, like
1: I felt like Kevin Woodley for this whole episode here. <laughs> You did great. Even though I was doing my dumb guy goalie analytics. Like his his feet, uh I like when his one foot's on the post and his other foot's <laughs> on the other post and he does the split. That was excellent nice. analysis. That's uh but I liked it. I did like that part You're about it. You're right. The game. That's just that's his length, man. He's got oh, it. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about with goalies. I'm you know, okay. I keep, okay. keep it 100 one hundred on the goalies myself. Yeah,
0: okay. Fair enough. I will close it out now. For Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?